Hi, this is Nichelle Nichols, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Aren't we all lucky? Ed Robertson welcoming you to TV Confidential, radio talk show about television. Eric Roberts will join us in our second hour. Eric Roberts, Oscar-nominated and three-time Golden Globe Award-nominated star of King of the Gypsies, Star 80, Runaway Train, Less Than Perfect, Heroes, and many other movie and TV roles. Eric Roberts, one of the busiest actors in the industry today. He'll share a few memories about his movie and TV career. Eric will also spend a few minutes talking about a hands-on and affordable solution to a medical condition that affects about 50% of men age 40 and up. We'll talk about that and more when Eric Roberts joins us in our second hour. We'll be able to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, you might recall earlier this year, we introduced you to a man named Stephen Taibbi. Stephen worked in television one way or another for more than 25 years. But what interested us above and beyond his background is that Stephen Taibbi is a survivor in every sense of the word. He was born with a cyanetic heart, which means that his heart was not pumping enough oxygen in order to properly oxygenate his blood when Stephen was born. Stephen was also born with three birth defects, all of which required operations from a very young age and continuing throughout his life, including two open-heart surgeries and two heart transplants. Stephen Taibbi shares his story of survival and the feelings of gratitude and survivor's guilt that he lives with to this day in a very moving memoir called Grateful Guilt, which we'll tell you more about in just a second. But since we last had Stephen on our program... Stephen had a chance to meet the family of the man whose heart he received in his second heart transplant operation. Statistically, that does not happen. So as you can imagine, that got our attention as well. This conversation was recorded earlier in 2020 before the national lockdown. Stephen Taby, welcome back to our program. Well, thank you for having me back. I really am happy for being here. How did you meet the donor family? Well, it's a process. As a recipient, I'm grateful. I wrote my letter like the fifth day that I was home from the hospital when when we were still in L.A. I I got it in California. I live in New York. And um, I wrote my letter, you know, as fast as I could because I was so grateful. Um, But statistically... um, Less than 3% of families respond to letters. My first donor didn't respond after two letters, and then I said, okay, I'll I'll leave them alone. They don't want to respond. And I'd written two letters to this family, one to thank them and one for Christmas, I think it was. But then I get a phone call from One Legacy in L.A. saying the family wants to um, respond to your letter, Is that wants to send you a letter. Is that okay? I mean, I almost passed out. (laughs) (laughs) It took like three weeks for that letter to come. I was like on pins and needles. And then I got the letter, and it was handwritten by the mother. He was 37 years old, and he had just gotten divorced. So the mother was now next to Ken, not his ex-wife. So that's why the letter was written by her, and she told me that, you know, told me things about him. But they can never tell you the last name, where they live, all that. All that secret, secret. And when I wrote my letter, I couldn't say where I lived or my last name was or any of that. I could say that I was from New York. So I got the letter, and then then, um, they asked three different times in the letter that 
they said three different times in the letter they'd like to meet me. I called One Legacy back again. One Legacy is the organ procurement organization in LA, okay. maybe the best OPO in the country. And they said, okay, so if you want to respond back, now you can text each other. They didn't want us to call each other yet. So we had a couple of texts, and uh, the family and I decided enough is enough. We have to meet each other. I was heading out to L.A. for an interview and, and for a friend's wedding. So I told the family, and, and we met, and it was sensational. You probably touched on this, but uh, can you describe how—I how, mean, you, you, you used the word sensational. I mean, you know, just— I mean, I, I'm just, I'm grasping at words because I'm, because I'm trying to imagine being in your shoes for just one moment. I mean, uh, well, it was, I, it I, was, and and as you can imagine, it was confusing, emotionally confusing. I mean, first of all, I'm walking around with their dead son's heart. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm 30 years older than him, almost. You know, uh, he was 30, he was 36, and I was, um, I was 61 when I got the heart, or 60, I was 62 when I got the heart. And that right there makes me feel guilty, you know? And then I'm in the house where he collapsed when, it, when he had his brain aneurysm. I was, I stood, I, you know, right where he, you know, you, when he, he, he collapsed as he walked into the house. So when you walk into the house, you're walking over the area where he fell in front of his mother, his father, and his sister. And, um, that's, you know, hard to deal with. You know, I'm walking around the house thinking, oh my gosh, I'm walking around the house with his heart where he was living when he died. And um, he didn't technically die in the house because, you know, um, they took him off a vent. But um, for all intents and purposes, he died at that moment. Um, you know, it was a very bad aneurysm and they didn't think he was going to survive it and he didn't. You know, and it's hard. And, you know, the mother, the whole family was happy for me, was happy that their son, their brother, their, you know, their their cousin, their whatever, uh, because there was a whole family was there, yeah. um, that he was able to save me as well as a lot of others because he was like one of those mega donors. He gave everything. He gave he gave bone, he gave tendon, he gave arteries, he gave corneas, he gave lungs and liver and heart and, and um, you know, he was just like a mega donor and, but they were very glad that, you know, his last act was to save so many people and there I was living proof of his, of his legacy but I could also see flashes of sadness as the mother looked at me and let me tell you, she's the she's the most loving and open person in the world. But who wouldn't have that emotion, right? And by the way, my my, my donor's name was David Jacobo, and um, and he was a professional hairdresser out in um, out in Orange County. He was he was voted the best hairdresser in in Orange County. He did a lot of the stars, and um, he had four children. He was married, and um, and then he passed. You know. Um, as, you know, everybody should take note that, you know, he was only 36. I mean, we never know. But uh, he was a hero, and the mother, Susan, was the one who said yes. He had never indicated one way or the other if he wanted to be a donor. But his mother just said, I just thought it would be the right thing to do. And that's the kind of people they are. And um, so, like, you, like I said, it was confusing. Uh, on two separate occasions, and apart from each other, the mother and the ex-wife said to me, and this is a quote, they said the same words, you are family now, and they treat me as such. Yeah. And um, 
it's just unbelievable. We talk to each other every once in a while. I plan to see them again soon. It's just lovely. I have a new family. On the line with us is Stephen Taibbi. Stephen was born with a cyanetic heart and three birth defects, all of which required operations from a very young age and continuing throughout his life, including two open-heart surgeries and two heart transplants. Stephen recently met the family of the man whose heart he received in his second heart operation. Statistically, as Stephen just mentioned, statistically only 3% of donor families answer any correspondence from recipients, let alone meet them. Stephen's book, Grateful Guilt, is not only a moving story of survival and gratitude, but includes a lot of hands-on and helpful strategies that will benefit anyone who faces a serious health challenge, whether you're a patient or a caregiver. You can find Grateful Guilt wherever books are sold, including Amazon, Google Books, BarnesandNoble.com, Booktopia, wherever books are sold on Line. This conversation was recorded earlier in 2020 before the national lockdown. Just listening to you, um, I can understand why only a small percentage statistically of donor families will meet the recipient because, yes, even though uh, you're living proof that uh, the life of the recipient continues on through you in a way because you have one of their organs, I can see why not a lot of families will want to may want to meet with recipients because it may it will remind them of the fact that they died or it may it may recall other sorts of traumatic circumstances related to that person's death why do you think you bucked the trend why do you think you bucked the off Stephen? because it's the family i mean um, most families as you know it's it's like, I, I, I imagine, I don't know the statistic, but I bet you it's under 2% meet the recipients. I imagine it's just that they want to move on. That, you know, okay, my purse, my loved one died. We donated. We did the right thing. That's enough for us. We, we don't need the pain. And I totally get that. I mean, my first family, I was completely on board with them not wanting to meet me. I could, I could understand it very easily. This family wants to meet every donation uh, recipient. They want to meet them all. They're they're um, uh, they're so proud of, of what their son did, and and that's other, another understandable emotion. I mean, you know, um, because I used to be the vice president of a of a charity, Transplant Speakers International, and I've probably worked. With, we trained eight thousand people in our in our during the course of our charity about donation, um, and. I've, I've met literally thousands of, of donor families, thousands, and they all say the only thing that made sense of their loved one's death was the donation, because the thing is, is the way things are right now, although it's beginning to change, you have to have a, um, a traumatic event to be a donor. You know, you have to be shot, you have to be in a car accident, you have to fall off a ladder, you have to get beaten to death, you have to, something like that. And it's, you know, it's not because you're sick, it's because something happened to you on a day you never thought it was going to happen. And so that's part of the problem for these families. You know, it's not, you know, there's the pain of, oh my gosh, I had a young, healthy loved one, and they just, you know, this thing happened to them. They make it the donation. They they do what the donor wanted or what they thought was right, but the rest is too painful for them, and I can totally understand that. But this family, it's painful for them, but 
they're proud and they're and they they're they're reveling in the fact that other people are now alive because of their son and they're looking at him in the true sense of the word of what he is he's a hero Attention timeshare owners, this is an urgent consumer alert from the Timeshare Exit Hotline, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contract. Our experienced partners are offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare. You'll never pay another timeshare maintenance bill again, and all your obligations will be terminated. You can begin saving today. Even if you've tried another company to get rid of your timeshare, call and see if we can help you. At the Timeshare Exit Hotline, we only accept payment after an agreement has been made to get you out of your timeshare. Make this complimentary free call and learn how our honest partners can help anyone, anywhere, legally get out of their timeshare nightmare. 800-715-6093-800-715-6093-800-715-6093. That's 800-715-6093. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.